Well, good morning to each one this morning. I've been blessed by the things that we have heard in song this morning, things that have been shared this morning as well. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, we come before you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your love and your care for us. Lord, help us to return the praise and the honor that you deserve from our lives. Lord, help us not to get entangled with the things of this world, but to press on to perfection, to serve you with our hearts, and to bring you the glory that you deserve from our lives. Lord, I pray you be with us this morning. Be with me as I speak, Lord. I pray that you would guide my thoughts, guide my words, Lord. Help us to be edified this morning and to grow in our knowledge of you. I pray you would direct this service, speak to each one of us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. A pearl. How many of you have seen a pearl before? You've seen pictures of one. You know, pearl is generally a small, fairly small object. They're formed when a mollusk such as a um, oyster or an animal like that gets a small bit of something. Could be a grain of sand, could be a bit of debris, could be various things that could get it in there in between its shell and its lining of the shell, the mantle. When it gets trapped in there, it's kind of like a like a splinter for for an oyster. And so what an oyster does is he makes a covering around it. So it begins to build up a substance around it which is the same substance as it makes its shell with. And, you know, a pearl begins to form. Jesus talks about a pearl in Matthew chapter 13. He talks about a man. He's a merchant by trade. And he's looking for pearls. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's not just looking for any pearl. But it says he's looking for goodly pearls. He's looking for pearls that have some real value to them. Maybe they're a bit unusual. A bit extraordinary. Pearls that are large, that are round, that are shining and glistening. And, you know, in his travels, he comes across this pearl that's unlike any that he's ever seen. The beauty of it, the size of it, the shape and color of it. He's never seen anything like it before. Now, he's looking for pearls. He knows what pearls look like. But this is an unusual one. When he sees this pearl... 
He says, I have to have this pearl. I need to have this pearl. I'm going to do whatever it takes to have this pearl. Well, this pearl has a price that matches its rarity and its unusualness. It's beyond what he can just go and buy with the money he has. So he goes back home. He takes all his stuff, all his belongings, all his possessions. He sells them. And he scrapes enough money together to buy this pearl. You know, if someone came walking down the aisle this morning with a rare pearl, would we be running out to sell our stuff to buy this pearl? I mean, there's pearls out there that are worth that much that I would have to do that and more. Would I be running home to liquidate all my possessions to, to buy this pearl? You know, probably not. Actually, quite likely not. Why not? <clears throat> I have a picture here. It's a picture of a painting that is attributed to Leonardo da Vinci. It's of Jesus making a sign of a cross. You know, if someone brought that painting in here today, how much would you want to pay for it? How about a million dollars? How about ten million? How about a hundred million? Not seen any bidders yet. How about five hundred million? What about $1,000? Sounds like a pretty cheap price. You know, probably the only reason I would buy it for $1,000 is because I know I could sell it for a lot more than that. You know, if I came to your, we had a garage sale, my wife had a garage sale yesterday. If I came to your garage sale and saw a picture like that, you know, sitting there, you know, I, I wouldn't pay $5 for it. So why would someone pay $450 million for that picture? You know, if we look at the parable of the pearl of great price that Jesus told, this man valued pearls. This man put a lot of value on pearls. He put enough value on pearls that he was willing to sell everything that he had to get that pearl that he wanted. You know, some people put a high value on, on art, on rare art, on art that was painted by famous painters. Someone put a high value on the painting by Leonardo da Vinci. 
And he valued the rarity of it. The exclusivity of it. It was important to him. I don't value that. I don't really value that painting. That painting has has it doesn't have a lot of value to me. I mean, a beautiful pearl, yes, it has some value, but I'm not willing to go out and sell everything I have to buy a rare pearl. The fact is, though, we all have things that we value. We all have things that are important to us. Maybe we wouldn't pay $450 million we had that much for that painting. Maybe we wouldn't sell all we have for a valuable pearl. But what do I value? For the things that I have, what do I value? You know, value is simply the importance that we put on an object or a belief or something we do. You know, the fact that you're sitting here this morning in church means that you put a certain amount of value on church, on being here. You put enough value on it that you decided it was worth being here this morning, getting getting up, getting everyone ready, getting everyone dressed, going through all the all the work to get ready for church, to be here, and to sit here. You valued that enough that you got out of bed this morning. You didn't sleep in maybe as long as you felt like sleeping in. You know, you had to do some things. You could be relaxing at home now. You put a certain amount of value on being here at church. Now, I don't know what some of the underlying values are why you want to be at church. I don't know if it was because you valued the fellowship being here that we get, or you valued the singing, worshiping God, or if you valued um, hearing the, the preaching of the Word of God, or if you simply valued the fact that people would wonder where you were if you didn't come to church and you didn't have any good reason to say. So maybe you valued, you know, what people think of you. I don't know. You know, there could be, there's probably a combination of various values that made us be here this morning. You know, I don't know if the Bible uses the word value necessarily. But in Matthew chapter 6, a familiar verse here, verse 21. Jesus says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, treasures are things that we value. The things that are important to us. This merchant that bought the pearl, that pearl was his treasure. He put a lot of value on that. You know, for someone, that painting is a treasure. 
And all of us have treasures, things that are valuable and important to us. They can be things, they can be relationships, they can be a, a very number of things that we put value on. You know, there's, there's various types of values. We could say we have, you can have good values. Things that we look at as good values. You could, there's some things you could say are kind of maybe a, more of a neutral value. And there's things that we would look at as obviously being a bad value. A painting in my mind is a bad value. It's not in someone else's mind. Yeah, you know, we have good good values such as loving God, loving each other, loving the church, our family, valuing self-discipline. We heard about that a little bit this morning in the children's class. Valuing evangelism. Yeah, you know, we would look at those things and say, yes, God is important. Our families are important. The church is important. Evangelism is important. Self-discipline is important. Those are things we value. And you can move on to things that maybe are more neutral in value. And another dimension, another dimension to, to values is I think sometimes the amount of value we put on something determines kind of whether it's good or bad. So you could move on to that values you might call a little bit more neutral. They're not something we necessarily hold up as a, a very good value, you know, that we definitely need to have. But you know, have things like recreation, maybe our pets, maybe extended family gatherings. You know, things that are you know good in their place and put some value on them. And then there's bad values. You know, we would talk about things like loving the world, the love of money, materialism, hating those that do me wrong, fighting back when I'm wronged. You know, a couple of weeks ago, two children in SOL got into a fight. The one was insulting the other one, and, you know, soon they had some punches flying. You know, in their minds... Fighting back is a value, a good value. It's a value they hold. You know, if you don't fight back when someone insults you or someone punches you first, you're weak and you're a coward. That's a value they hold. You know, there's other values we would look at as being negative, you know, maybe such as the fear of men, what people think of me. So the question comes, okay, what do, what do I value? What are the values that I hold? What are the values that you hold? Because we all know we have them. Sometimes we're not always sure what they are. You know, what we value is important because it determines, in large part, 
what we do. Those values come out in our actions and what we do. And how do I determine what I value? You know, a good indication of what I value is what I make time for in my life. The things that are important for me, I will make time for. You know, time, time is a limited resource. We all have the same amount, but we only have that amount. We only have so much of it. And so we have to choose what are we going to do with that time, with that resource. And, you know, the things that are most important to us is what we end up doing. Not necessarily the things that are most important, but the things that are most important to us. You know, for example, if, if my value is my immediate ease and comfort, you probably wouldn't have a preacher this morning. Yeah, if my value is my immediate ease and comfort, I'm not going to put myself in difficult situations or do things that need to be done that are difficult because I value my ease and comfort right now. You know, I'll avoid maybe hard but necessary conversations. I won't prepare in advance for things that need to be done. You know, so what do I value? Do I value the time I spend in prayer and Bible reading? Do I value the church? Do I value fellowshipping with other believers? Do I value deep conversations with others? Do I value sharing hearts? You know, who has perfect values? I don't. God does. God does have perfect values. You know, really, He is the standard by which we align or should align our values. Are my values perfectly aligned with him? I can't say that mine are. You know, why does... Why does a shiny new truck look attractive to me? Does it something to do with my values? Well, I would read an article about a mansion someone built here on this earth. Why does it matter what people think of me? You know, it all has to do with what we value. Why might the styles or the types of clothing I wear matter to me? It could be various reasons. Or the way I cut or comb my hair. You know, it's one thing to be neat and tidy. It's another thing to be trendy. 
you know, this world around us has values as well. And they're not aligned with God's values. And we are influenced, we are influenced by the values that those around us hold. We're influencing each other by the values that we hold. As you know, I see your values, it influences my values, and vice versa. You know, I had to think about it. Pinterest or Google Image Search are powerful tools. You've probably, probably a lot of you have used them before. If you're looking to see what something looks like, or you want to design something, or you want to decorate your house and see what the decorations will look like, you know, there's probably someone out there who has done it already. And so you can use those things as a way to get ideas to find out, you know, what colors complement each other. To see how to design a room. You know, when we read it, when we read it our kitchen, I used that to um, get ideas on how to design it for the space that we were living in. <clears throat> You know, they're powerful tools. The, the amount of ideas you can gather from them are incredible. But you know, there's also a danger there. It's also a display of other people's values. You know, the people that took those pictures of everything that looks so nice, it's also a display of their values. One thing I get a, <laughs> one thing I kind of get a kick out is, out of is when you're when you're doing that type of thing, you look at ideas. You know you you see the most impractical stuff that looks so nice. I mean, plants growing in your closet, definitely. You know, a big window right beside your bathtub, definitely. You know, things that you know when you stop and think about it, it's kind of ridiculous. That's kind of a side point. But anyway, you know, the values, we get to see the values of other people. And their values come out in the things they build, they design, they decorate, you know, all those things. Um, And like I said, our values influence others, other values influence us. You know, I think that's one, also one of the traps that social media, or the dangers that social media carries, is that there's a lot of the world's values on display there. And you know, the, I think the fact is that many times we're not as immune from it, or being affected by it as we think. You know, the, the, the world values having a perfect life, or at least appearing to have a perfect life. You know, you could post all your pictures of your perfect vacations, of your 
perfect family, of all the fun you're having, you're always happy, you're always having fun, you're always enjoying life. You know, honesty and openness and vulnerability are not values that you often see displayed there. And, you know, the platforms generally don't lend themselves to that very well either, as those things are often best done in person. And, you know, we might think, well, that's not my, those aren't my values. But, you know, can we withstand the constant pressure of those values in our lives, of the world's values in our faces? And, you know, that's not to say that since, you know, I don't use social media that we are exempt from those pressures either. You know, social media magnifies those pressures. But, you know, we face those same pressures to some degree or another right here today. You know, the temptation to have a perfect life doesn't come from social media necessarily. Or at least appear to have a perfect life. You know, do I value openness and honesty with my brothers and sisters right here? Or am I trying to make my life look perfect? Am I valuing what people think of me or what I think they will think of me versus being open and honest with who I am? You know, my wife makes a picture book, uh, picture yearbook for us every year. And, um, you know, if you would look, if you would just, if all you knew about us was that, if you just looked through the books, you know, you would probably think we have a pretty, a pretty ideal life. You know, most of what you see in there is the fun memories, the, the fun things we do. Um, you know, there's not a lot of pictures in there of trying to quick get ready on Sunday morning. There's not a lot of pictures in there of when the boys just mess the house up. You know, you see, you see the fun things. Do I think it's wrong to have those books? I, I don't. I don't. I won't keep you in suspense there. You know, it's, it's a lot of the fun things that we've done. I think there's an advantage to that is that, you know, if you're looking through that book, you're probably sitting in our living room. So you can see us more in real life as well. But how do I try to present myself to those around me? You know, what am I valuing? What are my values? Am I valuing being open, being honest, and sharing? Or am I valuing holding a, maybe, or appearing to have a higher view of perfection than what I really have? Do I value the praise of man? Do I value earthly and temporal, carnal things that pass away? So how do I know what I value? 
you know, one thing I decided to exercise myself in was ask someone else, what do you think I value? You know, those around us have a perspective of us that we don't necessarily see. You know, when we meet someone, we talk about first impressions. Now, first impressions aren't necessarily very accurate um, because they're generally pretty surface. But, you know, there's, a lot, there's many times a lot of things you can tell by, about someone, about someone's values, by the things you see on them or the things you see them doing. You know, there's, a, there's an impression you get of their values. You know, as we're coming to church this morning, there was a um, truck that came flying past us on 422, and when he stopped at the light, he took off in a big cloud of smoke. And he's got, you know, big custom wheels on his truck. You know, it gives me an impression of those values. I don't know who he is. I didn't even see him in the driver's seat. But it gives me an impression of what that person's values. And, you know, when we ask someone else, you know, what do you think I value? What do you see in my life that I am valuing? You know, you might get a perspective that you didn't notice before, or some things you haven't noticed before. So I think that's one good reason to ask people um, what they think you value. Another reason I think is because there's times where our what we what we know our values should be and what our values actually are don't really align. And so we try to convince ourselves or try to um, somehow work around in our minds that these things that I'm doing or want to do or like or whatever are for some other reason or some other value in my life. And in a sense, we can deceive ourselves because we know that's not a value I should have, but yet (laughs) it is. So, therefore, I try to deceive myself into thinking it's not. And, you know, people can, other people can give us insight on that, um, whether it be something we overlooked or something we have actually tried to justify. You know, when I asked a brother recently what, my, what he thought my values were, his first response was, well, I'm not sure if I know you well enough to say with certainty. I have impressions. I have thoughts. But, you know, there's some uncertainty that comes with it because I'm not sure how well I know you. You know, the more we get to know each other, the more we value sharing with one another, the more we value honesty with one another, the better we can speak into each other's lives as well and encourage one another or challenge one another. You know, I had to think, what did Jesus value? You know, we talk about God having the perfect values. What were, what were some of Jesus' values? You know, I think one of his top values was doing the will of his Father. He talks about that numerous times. 
He was here to do the will of his father. He valued prayer and communion with his father. You know, you see him taking various times where he went off to pray, to talk to his father. You know, he valued his disciples. You know, Jesus obviously wasn't married. He didn't have a family, a physical family. But I think in many ways, his disciples were like his family. They were the ones that he had chose to be with, to spend his time with. I just thought I'd read a verse, two verses in John. John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of the world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. You know, he loved his disciples. They were like his family. And in John 17 verse 9, says, I pray for them, talking about his disciples, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all, are my, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. You know, he valued his disciples, in a sense, he valued his family that he had. He valued people. He valued teaching, healing, Lifting up those who were the poor and the outcasts. You know, did, did Jesus place any value on his life, on comfort, on food and drink? He did. Now, why did he wrestle in the garden? You know, there's, there's, there's more than one reason, I think. But, you know, that was part of it. The difficulty. The suffering. You know, Jesus ate and drank. But, you know, many of those things, those values, the temporal things, came in below what some of those other values were that he had. You know, I have to think of when he was was with the Samaritan woman at the well. His disciples were going to get food. And when they came back, he said, I have food to eat that you know not of. You know, there was something right then that was more important to him, more valuable to him than the temporal food and drink. You know, how do I change my values. You know, I said that earlier that, you know, my values are not perfect. My values are not totally aligned with God's values. How do we get to a place where our values, my values, are more aligned with God's? You know, in many senses, our values are based and come out of our worldview, our experiences. You know, it's a worldview is commonly likened to a pair of glasses or maybe a pair of contacts. You know, you're looking through them and it has an effect. It shapes the way you see the world. 
you don't really think about them. I have a pair of contacts in right now. I don't really think about them being in my eyes. I can't see them looking through them. It's just there. And it affects how I see you. It's very similar to how a worldview works. We all have one. We don't think about it. It's just, in our minds, it's just how things are. And it's been, it's been um, developed through our experiences, the things we've been taught. And it determines how we see the world. You know, we value saving money. You know, not just spending everything as fast as it comes in, living hand to mouth. You know, when we were traveling in Tanzania, from Dar es Salaam back to Mbeya, we drove. And I noticed as we were driving, there was a lot of houses that were, you know, partially finished, just kind of sitting there. It didn't look like they were actively being constructed, really. It was just like, you know, a couple walls put up, one wall put up. Three walls put up, you know, maybe four walls but no roof. And I was I was kind of puzzled by this. It was like, okay, why all the half-finished buildings? I mean, they just run out of money. I mean, it seems kind of a, like a waste, you know, put your building up halfway and then let it sit for a while in the weather, let it weather, where it's going to deteriorate. You know, why not? Why not wait till you have enough money to build it to build it? Um, and there's even a parable about that. Um, the man that sits down and counts his, his money before he builds a tower. You know, through my lens, through my worldview, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I asked about it and I got enlightened to another worldview. You know, in the culture there, if I have some money and, you know, someone in my family, maybe a friend or something, has a need, they need some money. You know, maybe they have a medical bill. Maybe they spend it all on beer and they need some food. Or, you know, maybe they want to buy more beer. You know, I'm kind of obligated to help them, kind of obligated to give my money. But if I just spend all that money on buying some more building materials or hiring a a fundi to, you know, work on my house, I don't have any money to share. Tim can tell you if I guess if I'm off of my my explanation here, but, you know, I don't have that money to give, so I'm off the hook. You don't have to worry about that. That money's not available. So, yeah, I guess you're going to have to, you know, I can do what I can, but, you know, I can't. I can't give you that money. You know, they see the world differently because of their experiences and their culture. You know, take an atheist, you know, who, who looks outside a day and sees a beautiful day and sees the beautiful green leaves on the trees. You know, when you look out there, you, we look and see the beauty of God's creation, what God has made. When he looks out there, he sees random chance made this over millions of years this developed and his worldview is totally different 
you know, if I believe that this life is all I have, then we may as well eat, drink, and be merry. Because we're going to die anyway. You know, whether we have... May as well just live the best life I can and have fun now and, you know, because this is all I have. Why not be rich and get all I can? Why not enjoy it as much as I can only have one chance at it? Why not get all the things that will make me happy? You know, that's a worldview. But, you know, if I believe that the Bible... I believe the Bible. You know, the Bible tells me that, yes, this stuff is, we only have one life. This is all going to pass away. But I'm going to live on afterward. And the choices and the things I do now have an effect on my life after I die. That gives me a bit different perspective on life here. Now, this isn't the only life that I have. It's the only time I will live here in this world. But I'm going to live on for eternity. And if I believe that the only things that will last will be the souls of men and the word of God, that changes a bit what I value. When you look at it through that lens. You know, our values are influenced by what we take in. Like I said earlier, they're, they're, they're influenced by, my values are influenced by your values, your influence, your values are influenced by my values. You know, if we want to change our values, you know, there's some things we need to consider. You know, we have to look at what is shaping our values. Where are my values being developed? What am I believing? Because what I believe affects what my values are. What I believe about how the world was formed affects how I view the world today. You know, so we have to look at where am I taking my values from? Where, what am I allowing to influence my life? Am I drawing it from my brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I drawing it from the Word of God? From a relationship with Him? Am I grounded in the Word of God and prayer? You know, if we consume a lot of the world's ideas, a lot of their media... A lot of their videos, you know, our worldview is affected. It doesn't come without an effect on our values, on my values. Because as we watch what they value, as we take in what they value, it begins to have an effect on what I value. It begins to influence my values. <clears throat> You know, the world has a standard of beauty. 
They have their view of money. They have their view of morality. They have their view of politics and our personal responsibility to them. In short, they have values. And they're not the values that the Bible gives us. So if we want to change our values, I think we have to look at what is forming my values. What am I taking in that is affecting what I value? You know, we can look at our values and we can have various responses to seeing what I value. You know, we can look at ourselves and, you know, feel pretty good, like my values are in a pretty good place. You know, I'm, I think my values are pretty well aligned with God's. That'd be great if that's the case, but most likely, if we look at our hearts, we'll find that's not the case. There are areas where my values don't align with God's values. Just like the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18 and the publican, you know, he, the Pharisee said, you know, I thank you that my values align with your values. But they didn't actually align with God's values. I can look at my values and say, you know what, I have some values that don't align with God. And I can condemn myself and say, well, you know, just got to try a little harder. You know, I'm just not quite good enough. You know, I'm just keep on failing. We can condemn ourselves. We can try to justify ourselves. You know, try to excuse the values that I have and try to make them somehow look like they align with God's values or or try to assign other values to the reasons that I'm doing these things. And, you know, it can be complicated at times. You know, it is complicated to determine sometimes why or what value is causing me to do this. And, you know, I think that's why it's helpful to have input from others, to ask others, what do you think about my values? What do you see expressed? What values do you see expressed in my life? Or we can reach out to God and ask for his help in making his values my values. Because isn't that our goal? You know, if we're striving to be like Christ, if we're striving to be perfect, it really is an aligning of my life with his. It's an aligning of my values with his values. And, you know, I think there are practical things we can do. You know, obviously, spending time in the Word and praying, you know, those are important things. But like I mentioned, consider, you know, where the world's values might be entering my heart. What is the source that they're coming from? Where are they influencing me? Where is it coming in at? What am I feeding myself on? You know, the world is looking for fulfillment, for happiness. They're looking for joy. They're looking for, I wish if they're looking for contentment. They are looking for to be fulfilled. 
You know, we all want to feel feel fulfilled. And you know, many of these wrong values are ways of trying to feel fulfilled. Many of the values they have, money, the approval of man, power, beauty. You could go on down the list, the values of things they hold. It's about trying to feel fulfilled and get fulfillment. You know, we can find fulfillment in our relationship with God, in helping others, in reaching out to others. You know, it could just be to your family. It could be to those, your neighbors. It could be those around you. Being a servant, reaching out to others, helping others. You know, there is fulfillment in those things. We can find fulfillment in trusting God, like we heard this morning. You know, when we value the things that God values, we will find joy, we will find fulfillment, because those things are found in the values of God, not in the values of this world. May God bless you.